Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I started out looking at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and we're right in the middle of every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister, but we took a break from that, because an election was called. So right now I'm doing 36 election episodes in a row, to coincide with our 36 day election period. If you want to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all of these full-time. The writing, the research, everything. I do it every day, all day. And it's a lot of work. So, any dollars you give help keep it all going, and I'll make sure to thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. By the midpoint of the 1980s, Canada was looking for a change. Joe Clark had been ousted as leader of the Progressive Conservatives, replaced by newcomer Brian Mulroney, who did not have a seat when he initially won the leadership. For the first time since 1968, the Liberals were not led by Pierre Trudeau, who had retired in 1984 and was replaced by former Member of Parliament John Turner. Turner had left politics in the mid-1970s but returned to run for the leadership of the party against Jean Chrétien. For the past 21 years since 1963, with the exception of 1979-1980, to Canada had been led by the Liberals, and the campaign would be fought on the record of the Liberals as such. While the Liberals had several successes from 1980 to 1984, including the patriation of the Canadian Constitution, there were several scandals that hurt the party's image in the country. In Quebec, there was anger at the Liberals over the Constitution, which went ahead without the approval of the Quebec provincial government. Due to the anger towards the Liberals in Quebec, the Progressive Conservatives saw Brian Mulroney, who was from Quebec and fluently bilingual, as the perfect person to lead the party. Turner was not required to call an election until 1985 as Prime Minister, but he chose to do so when poll data showed that the Liberals were leading. This would prove to be a bad idea. Both Pope John Paul II and Queen Elizabeth II were scheduled to tour Canada in the summer and autumn of 1984, which would have given Turner a great chance to get his face out to the country with two very high-profile guests. Instead, he asked the Governor-General to dissolve Parliament on July 4th, and the election was set for September 4th. The Queen then announced that she would not visit during an election campaign, and the Liberals would find alternatives to the Queen, including the Queen Mother, but these didn't happen. Turner would say of postponing the visit, quote, I had to do my duty as I saw it. If it cost me votes, so be it. End quote. Turner would go to London at the start of the campaign where he would go to church with the Queen and have lunch with the Queen Mother. He'd actually known the royal family since the 1950s when there was speculation that he and Princess Margaret would marry. Turner was also born in England, which made him the first Prime Minister in almost a century to have the distinction of being born outside of Canada. Turner would campaign in the Vancouver Quadra riding, going up against Conservative Bill Clark, who had helped the riding since 1972. Clark would say of the matter, quote, The Liberals have been trying to beat me since 1972. They just can't seem to do it. End quote. Turner had chosen the riding because it was his hope to bring the West back into Confederation and he wanted to rebuild the party in the region. 
He had also lived in the riding for four years when he was a student at the University of British Columbia. The campaign would prove to be one of the most expensive in Canadian history to that point. Both the Liberals and the Conservatives were expected to throw $6 million towards the campaign, amounting to $14 million today. The main issue of the campaign was the economy and unemployment, and Turner would portray himself as a change from the previous Liberal government, with the party offering training programs for jobless youth who had left school and were under the age of 21. The Conservatives, in contrast, proposed a tax credit scheme for employers hiring young people. The Liberal campaign would put Turner forward as an economic fixer and a man right for the times thanks to his career as a corporate lawyer. Bill Lee, the Liberal national manager, would state, quote, No gunslinger idea, just Turner and what he stands for. End quote. Turner would state of his plan for the Liberal Party, quote, This party is going to be rebuilt in government or out of government. The Liberal Party elected me in a fair and open convention, and I think the Liberal Party will stay with me, particularly when I win. End quote. Turner would also attack Mulroney heavily, calling him a weather-vane politician who blows with the wind and a Canadian version of Ronald Reagan, which is actually pretty accurate. Turner would also pledge to put a 13% tax on Canadians making more than $60,000, while also creating a $602 a month guaranteed income settlement for 80,000 elderly individuals below the poverty line. The Conservatives would take a different approach, portraying Mulroney as a man that voters could unite behind. The party would also portray itself as the one that would listen to public concerns and that would consult with the provinces in contrast to how they portrayed the Liberals, as arrogant. Mulroney would state at the start of the campaign, quote, The choice my progressive conservative colleagues and I offer is both clear and different. End quote. The NDP, once again led by Ed Broadbent, would focus on calling Turner and Mulroney the Bobsy twins of Bay Street to show voters that there was little difference between the two parties. The party would also spend $3 million on the campaign, half of which went towards advertising. Overall, the election was expected to cost taxpayers about $96 million, equaling about $224 million today. The Liberal campaign would also get off to a rough start. Turner would speak of creating make-work programs, a phrase that had long since been replaced by the phrase job creation programs. Worse, he was caught on camera patting the female Liberal Party president on the buttocks. Turner would state that it was just a friendly gesture, but many saw it as condescending and something from a bygone era. He'd be seen doing so several times, but by mid-August, he promised to stop doing so, stating, quote, I certainly meant no disrespect or offense, and if I had offended anyone, I was sorry. It hasn't happened since, and it won't happen again, End quote. Also during the campaign, Turner stated that Manitoba's unemployment rate was low because people were leaving the province. In reality, the population was growing, and Turner was forced to apologize a few days later. Turner would not get his campaign going until near the end of July, while the Conservatives had already been flying around the country as early as July 12th. Even the New Democratic Party was starting campaigning earlier than the Liberals. The Conservatives' campaign was not without its own gaffes, though. At the end of July, during a late-night flight from Montreal, Mulroney spoke about the appointment of Bryce McCassie as ambassador to Portugal. He would state, quote, There's no whore like an old whore, end quote. He would add that if he was McCassie, he would have, quote, been right down there in the trough too, end quote. Mulroney stated he hoped his remarks were off the record, but on July 16th, he was quoted extensively in the Ottawa Citizen. Mulroney would state that he was misunderstood, 
but his aide would say that he learned from the lesson, adding, quote, He has learned his lesson. He knows now that as soon as he steps out of his hotel room, he is on. End quote. The major issue for the Liberals was patronage. Trudeau had recommended the appointment of over 200 Liberals to patronage posts before he left office. Canadians were enraged by this, and Turner was advised that he should have the appointments withdrawn, but he chose not to. Instead, he appointed another 70 Liberals to posts, citing a written agreement with Trudeau. Knowing that Mulroney was going to set up his own patronage machine if he won the election, Turner attempted to attack Mulroney over it during the televised debate, but Mulroney turned the tables, bringing up the appointments of Turner and Trudeau. Mulroney demanded that Turner apologize to the country for not cancelling the appointments. The least you should do is to apologize for having made these horrible appointments. I've had the decency, I think, to acknowledge that I was wrong in, in, in even kidding about it. I shouldn't have done that, and I've said so. You, sir, at least owe the Canadian people a profound apology for doing it. The cost of that, $84.4 million, is enough to give the cost of that to the ordinary Canadian taxpayer. We could pay every senior citizen in this country on the supplement an extra $70 at Christmas rather than pay for those liberal appointments. And I say to you, sir, two things. A, you should produce that letter because you keep coming back to to this situation. Please produce the letter, the secret letter that you signed, that you undertook to make these appointments. And B, may I say respectfully that I think that if, if I felt I owed it to the Canadian people, and I did, an apology for bantering about the subject, you, sir, owe the Canadian people a deep apology for having indulged in that kind of practice with those kinds of appointments. Well, I've told you and told the Canadian people, Mr. Mulroney, that I had no option. Well, Truman, your next you, question you had an option, sir. You could have said, I am not going to do it. This is wrong for Canada, and I am not going to ask Canadians to pay the price. You had an option, sir, to say no, and you chose to say yes I... to the old attitudes and the old stories of the Liberal Party. That, sir, if I may say respectfully, that is not good enough for Canadians. I had no option if I was able that to... Is that is an avowal of failure. That is a confession I... of non-leadership. And this country needs leadership. You had an option, sir. Mr. You Turner. could have done better. Mr. Turner, your response, please. I, I, I've just said, uh, Mr. Moderator, taken the Canadian people through the circumstances. Mr. Trudeau had every right to make those appointments before he resigned. In order that he not do so, yes, I had to make a commitment to him. Otherwise, I was advised... That with serious consequences to the Canadian people, I could not have been granted the opportunity of forming a government. Mulroney's attacks on Turner during the debate over the appointments was seen as the end of Turner's chances of staying on as Prime Minister. After the debate, the public rated Turner's performance as 4.2 out of 10, while Mulroney rated 6.8 out of 10, and Ed Broadbent rated 6.4 out of 10. This year was notable not only for being the first year there was a French-language debate, but also because there was a third debate, exclusively about women's issues. Prior to the debate, all the parties began to release social policy platforms as well. The Conservatives would offer a spouse allowance to all eligible widows, funding for daycare, and it would restore the indexing of old-age pensions to the cost of living. Mulroney would state, quote, It is a national disgrace that we have betrayed a generation of Canadians. It is insensitive and wrong to expect a widow at age 61 or 62 to return to the workplace. We are determined that growing old in Canada will not mean growing poor. No longer can childcare be considered a luxury of the rich or a support program of the poor. End quote. The Liberals continued to struggle on the campaign trail, 
with many voters seeing Turner as a relic from the 1960s. Even Trudeau did not campaign for Turner, only making appearances to support other Liberal candidates. He still proved to be popular among many. In Montreal on August 31st, he greeted a large group of people who pushed to touch him or the rose on his lapel. One woman would say, quote, We're very friendly, Mr. Trudeau, end quote. Trudeau would respond, quote, Well, that's fine, but you're pushing a hell of a lot, end quote. Even when he spoke later that day, his speech did not mention the election at all. The next day, Trudeau would appear at a rally with Jean Chrétien, who Turner had defeated in the leadership race. Chrétien would say at the rally, quote, We've gone through difficult times, but be honest with yourselves. Ask where you are now and where you were 20 years ago, end quote. Turner would see his popularity fall from 39% in June to 33% in August. And when Turner took over, he had the support of 49% of committed voters. At the same time, a poll found that the Liberals had the support of two-thirds of Quebec, half of Ontario, and one-third of the West. As for Mulroney, he rose from 22% to 29%. And by the final Gallup poll, the Progressive Conservatives were leading the Liberals in Quebec. In all regions of the country, the Conservatives were leading with 50% of decided voters favoring the Progressive Conservatives, and only 28% saying the same of the Liberals. Canada appears ready to vote Conservative. A new CBC poll indicates the country is about to get its first Conservative majority government since 1958. The Tories are way ahead just about everywhere you look. Peter Mansbridge reports. The results would indicate an overwhelming Conservative victory. Certainly a majority, possibly a massive one. 49% of decided voters favor the Tories. That's 17 points ahead of the Liberals, who register 32%. The NDP is back near its traditional level of support, with 18%. There is an undecided factor of 19%. The Tories lead in every region of the country, with the Quebec figures the most startling. In the province, where they won only one of 75 seats last time, where they registered only 12% of the vote in the last election, they're now at 46% and enjoy a four-point lead over the Liberals. In Ontario, the major battleground with 95 seats at stake, the Conservatives have a big lead at 48%. They're 16 points ahead of the Liberals. The survey asked voters who they thought won last week's leaders' debate on women's issues. The big winner was Ed Broadbent with 47%. Brian Mulroney was a distant second with 15%. John Turner even further behind with only 10%. The rest had no opinion. But the survey also determined the debate had no significant effect on voter intentions. Those surveyed were also asked which leader they felt would make the best prime minister. Other surveys before the campaign asked the same question. Each time John Turner scored best, but not anymore. Mulroney is the clear winner now. He's at 40%. John Turner with half that at 20%. Ed Broadbent, just 15. But it's the national figures that have the greatest impact. For Brian Mulroney, their confirmation that he's well ahead and has broken through in every part of the country. And for John Turner, there's the chilling thought that Canadians go to the polls just two weeks from tomorrow. And to turn around a 17-point lead in that short a period of time is unheard of in Canadian politics. Peter Mansbridge, CBC News, Toronto. The CBC survey is the largest and the most up-to-date survey of any published during the campaign. By the end of August, several Liberal candidates were removing Turner's name from the election literature. One party worker would state, quote, We're not exactly pushing the Turner connection, 
End quote. By the beginning of August, Turner had fired his campaign director, Bill Lee, although Lee had said that he had quit in frustration after meeting with Turner days previous. Lee would be replaced with Keith Davey, a veteran of six liberal campaigns. Turner would say, quote, I wanted a change in the orientation of the campaign's direction, so I asked Mr. Davey to replace Mr. Lee. End quote. Lee, in contrast, said that Turner ignored his advice, so he resigned. The bad news continued the day after the firing for Turner when the Federal Information Commissioner announced he was taking Turner to court over the Prime Minister's refusal to make public the salaries of top cabinet appointees. But one lighthearted incident would occur on August 10th when Turner had coffee poured on his pants accidentally by a waiter. Turner quickly went to the washroom, the women's washroom, where he removed his pants. As it turned out, two members of the press were in the bathroom and came out smiling. Inside, the Prime Minister was standing in his underwear. And after the pants were cleaned by Turner's wife, he emerged from the bathroom with his coat covering the wet area of his pants. Conservative campaigners had the opposite problem of Turner, of not trying to coast to the election day. Bobby Sparrow, who was running in Calgary South, would state, quote, We're running this campaign as though we're only six votes ahead, end quote. On the campaign trail, Mulroney was greeted by large crowds who were excited to meet this new man who was now leading the Progressive Conservatives. In Prince Albert in nearly July, he spoke in front of a crowded Elks Hall praising John Diefenbaker, who died only five years earlier in the community. Mulroney had known Diefenbaker as a young man in university, but he had also helped orchestrate the ousting of Diefenbaker from the party's leadership in 1967. Mulroney would state, quote, I'm going to strive mightily to give this country the kind of leadership that John Diefenbaker gave his party. End quote. In Quebec, during one stop, 250 people endured a two-hour delay and waited until midnight for Mulroney's plane to land. Mulroney would tell the crowd, quote, The election is not over, not by a long shot. We still have a lot of work to do. End quote. During one stretch of five days in August, 15,000 people would hear Mulroney speak, with crowds ranging from 1,000 to 4,000 people. When a heckler appeared at one campaign stop, Mulroney was quick on his feet and would state, quote, Keith Davey is running a frugal campaign. He can only send one at a time, End quote. In the September 4, 1984 election, the Liberals suffered a defeat unseen since the Arthur Meehan conservative collapse of 1921. The party would lose an astounding 95 seats to finish with 40, only 10 more than the new Democratic Party, led by Ed Broadbent, who only lost one seat. At the time, it was the worst showing for the Liberals in their entire history. Also at the time, it was one of the worst defeats ever suffered by a governing party in a Westminster system. In all, 11 members of Turner's cabinet were defeated in the election. Turner would win his seat in Vancouver, though. The Progressive Conservatives under Brian Mulroney picked up 111 seats to finish with 211, the most seats ever won by a party in Canadian history, and his party would have the second largest percentage of seats in Canadian history after only the 1958 Progressive Conservatives. In every single province, the Progressive Conservatives had the majority of seats, as well as all the territories, the only time such a thing has happened in Canadian history. The Conservatives won every seat in Northwest Territories, the Yukon, and Alberta, and in Ontario took 67 seats, well above the 14 won by the Liberals. Almost all the seats won by the Liberals in the province were in Metro Toronto. The most surprising outcome was the 58 seats won by the Conservatives in Quebec, where the Liberals had only won 17. 
For 70 years, the Liberals had mostly dominated federal politics in Quebec. The Liberals would not win another majority of seats in Quebec again until 2015. Good evening. It's all beginning to sink in now. Just how dramatically Canadian politics changed overnight. A conservative majority government is rare enough. The last time it happened, Brian Mulroney wasn't even old enough to vote. But a victory this big, 211 seats, that kind of victory is unheard of. The Prime Minister-elect didn't gloat today, but he was pretty happy. Terry Molesky reports. Leaving Bay Como, the first of a whole day of mob scenes for the Mulroonies. Uh, it was just great. Uh, we had a, a marvelous election campaign and uh, an excellent uh, result. Now we look forward to the challenge of doing uh, that which we were elected to do. Mulroney said he got a little sleep last night. He was subdued, soft-spoken. On the plane, he joked a little with reporters and said that Ronald Reagan had phoned him at 9.30 this morning. Did he congratulate you or what? Yes, he did. We had a very friendly conversation. What did you talk about? Well, we just, it was just an exchange of uh, congratulations and, uh, and they expressed the hope that we'd uh, get together soon. Uh, have you heard from Mr. Turner? Yes, he phoned me last night. And he was well. He was very gracious and uh, and uh, very thoughtful, and we we we, uh, we had a, a chat about uh, getting together uh, within the next couple of days at his convenience. But Mulroney's first stop was not Ottawa; it was Setiel, the centre of his Manicouagan riding, where Mulroney was to thank his local party workers. A new squad of plainclothes Mounties surrounding him at every move. Mulroney again struck a quiet note, thanking his family. He thanked his brother Gary, but above all, his wife Mila. In public anyway, Brian Mulroney is not letting too much of the sheer joy of all this show through. But behind the scenes, here in Sertil, just the other night, as he saw this huge sweep coming, Mulroney told his story of that turning point in the campaign, the debate, patronage, and that one line from John Turner, I had no option. As Mulroney tells this story, with his eyes gleaming, he says, right then, I knew he was a goner. Turner was shaking, he says, and then, bam, I hit him. I knew they were going to have to carry him out of there. And so, like a prize fighter retelling that championship bout, Mulroney knows how to relish his victory. When we arrive, there will be a spontaneous demonstration. <laughs> Soon, Mulroney was back on the plane, this time headed for Ottawa. He signed autographs by the dozen, and then the climax of the day. With the Strauss theme from the movie 2001 blaring from an onboard loudspeaker, the Mulroney plane was coming in for its final landing. Reporters and aides and family alike all overjoyed to tuck down for the last time. Now the hard work begins. Two days of meetings at Stornoway. Questions pressing in fast. The cabinet, who's in, who's out. The transition of power. The meeting with Turner. The protocol questions to be settled soon. The Pope's visit and the Queen's visit. And moving house. Last, Mila asked him to grab their five-year-old son, Mark, and head for home. Tonight, it's going to be a quiet family dinner, and tomorrow morning, the first meeting to decide what to do with the Mulroney landslide. Tori Malewski, CBC News, Ottawa. Mulroney would state of his victory, quote, Our objective and our mandate is to create jobs and to get the economy of Canada moving again, end quote. 
Turner would at least win his riding to re-enter the House of Commons, defeating Bill Clark by only 3,000 votes. But he would say in his concession speech, quote, The people of Canada, coast to coast, have spoken, and the people are always right. Our defeats are but the stepping stones of victory. End quote. One of Turner's last acts as Prime Minister was to welcome Pope John Paul II to Quebec City. While he had lost the election to Mulroney, the new Prime Minister decided to not attend the welcoming ceremony, stating, quote, One Prime Minister is enough. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the 1984 election. Tomorrow, the 1988 election, also known as the Free Trade Election. Now, I'm doing these things every single day, 36 days straight, an election episode every one of those days. It's a lot of work, so if you want to support the podcast through a donation, I truly appreciate it. Or if you just want to mention it on social media, I'll appreciate that too. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons. And if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from McLean, CBC, Wikipedia, Dynasty and Interludes, Ottawa Citizen, and the Edmonton Journal. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.